Welcome to Conversations. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Donversations. This snippet, uh, I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm going to be focusing on Mayor Peter Buttigieg, who happens to profess faith in being a quote-unquote Christian, and then he's and then what he's saying in regard to his faith and politics and how he and his espousing that God is not political. And a lot of what he's saying is not necessarily incorrect, but it's unclear. context. There's, it's left as a general statement without really clarifying the context in which it's applicable, which is, I find, to be offensive because it's misleading when you do that. Now, if you want to approach it from a religious or biblical perspective, which is fair because that's what he's starting from, that's fine. Now, I realize that to many, that's probably a place where there's openness for debate or also high potential for people to be offended. That's just the way this podcast is going to go. The idea that God does not have a political party on face value isn't incorrect. However, if you look throughout the whole context of Scripture, you see several things very quickly. And this is true... I think especially of Judaism and Christianity, is that the idea of God being intimately involved in every aspect of creation, which includes politics, morality, value of life. And as a sovereign, all-powerful being and creator, from view of scripture, he has the final say in what is appropriate moral behavior. and what it looks like to live under his precepts. Now, if you want to argue that the scripture was written by man, you could do that. I happen to disagree with you. And the reason is that if you look at the New Testament, 
you read the scripture from Second Timothy, which talks about all scripture being God breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Now, I want to focus on that for a minute because what you get there is the word for breathed is like literally his breath through the power of the part of the Holy Spirit that is part of the Trinity. So you, in my mind, the logic there is that while man wrote it, it was written through the power of the Holy Spirit, and therefore everything in there is something God has actually said. Now, secondly, if we're going based off that premise, then you have to go next to figuring out God's character and nature, because God's character and nature will help you determine how he interacts with everything that's created, politics, people in positions of authority. Now, it says in the New Testament, and I can't recall uh, right off the top of my head where, but it talks about how he raises up kings and disposes of them. The, the basic premise if you, there is that ultimately he is sovereign and he is the one who puts people in places of authority over others. Now that said, the idea and the hope would be that the people he puts there are people who want to live under the same moral precepts and guidelines as he's stated as desirous in our interactions with each other and with him. Now, if you want to talk even more about that, uh, if you need an example, to some extent, you can kind of look at the book, the Old Testament book of Daniel, and See how, or anywhere actually in the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of Scripture, and see how God is intimately involved in the the details and the lives of His creation. It's really interesting when you start to see just how involved He is. Welcome to part two. Is God political? I would say yes, but here's the context, because to simply say that and then say that God wouldn't support Republicans or, and would support Democrats or that God and then kind of mishmash some scripture and theology to, 
to back up your viewpoint, that's not really how you're supposed to use and apply scripture. But the problem is, people will take that at face value because people like to hear things that match their preconceived notions and worldview that don't challenge them in a way that forces them to change. But if you're going from the perspective of that everything ultimately is defined by an eternal being who is the embodiment and purveyor of the distinct lines of what is considered to be moral, just, appropriate behavior. You can't just mismatch it and say certain things are acceptable and certain things are not. You actually have to look and see if you're claiming to live by it, then you need to live by it. So it's partly true that God does not have a political party. Assuming that, of course, that you're someone who believes in the nature, character, and sovereignty of God as a perfect, all-determinately existent being who has not only the right, but the authority to dictate what is appropriate interaction and behavior among his creations who are, uh, according to Genesis, made in his likeness with means you would think would mean that we're supposed to live in a way that reflects himself, but we don't, but that's a conversation for another day. The idea being God does not have a political party is probably true, but God is, as I said in my segment, intimately involved. He is ultimately sovereign and is the one who is to account both the people that are put in authority, he puts them there, but he also holds them and us to account for our actions and our words. Now, if you look at the fullness of Scripture, not just the parts that conveniently work for you to score political points, which is, I believe, partly what Pete Bouget's Mary is doing. Whether or not it's, it's intentional and how intentional it is is not for me to necessarily say, only to counter from what I understand because I don't think that what he's espousing holds up when you actually look at scripture in the way that I believe is correct. So, morals of God are many, and they're espoused pretty heavily in scripture. Um, this is where some people will probably tune this out, but one of them is on the 
topic of abortion. It says in Psalms, God through David wrote about how babies are formed. Talk about, you knit me together in my mother's womb before a day was, before I knew a day, you knew all of them. And I'm kind of loosely quoting because I don't have it in front of me, but it's it's there if you want to go and look. The idea that life in the womb is put together by God and is precious to him, and abortion is a action against God's sovereignty in nature. I mean, you clearly see that idea in Scripture. Murder is wrong, and what is inside a woman's womb is a human that God is building and is putting together and it is not our right to decide whether or not that human is worthy of living or not based on whether or not it might be convenient for us. Um, God makes it pretty clear about gender. Makes that very clear starting in Genesis. Marriage is between a man and a woman as and uh, now you'll hear a lot of people who are for same-sex whatever, argue from pieces of the Bible, but again, context. A great resource for this, um, there's a church in Eugene First Baptist who has a series called Blurred Lines that if you're interested in kind of a Christian perspective on that stuff, is a, is a good series to listen to. But the idea being that marriage is between a man and a woman and any sort of sexual intimacy before marriage between man and a woman is something that, again, goes against his moral outlines. Now, if you want to talk about being a godly moral leader, I'm not sure that Mayor Pete Bruges is one who he's talking from a quote-unquote Christian faith perspective. I'm not really sure that we can, that I can look at it and see him as necessarily any better or worse than Trump. That's not to give President Trump a pass. I want you to hear me there. It's not to give President Trump a pass.
but when people who claim faith are even even when they fail, because we all fail, but my job as a believer and someone who's under a, a person of authority who God put there, even if they're not necessarily really doing a great job, if at all, of living out a Christian life is to encourage them and support them when they are doing it correctly, I mean, living it correctly, speaking things correctly, and to call them out when they are not. That really is that simple. We don't have to give blanket support for partially correct walks. You see that there's a clear consequence. You see that in Romans where it talks about giving support, blanket support to moral behavior and calling bad behavior good and godly and godly behavior bad and evil. Um, But it is these are kind of strong words here. It's both hypocritical and actually heretical to claim that God supports your side because you are comparatively morally better in a spiritual Christian than others. Uh, that is not a correct biblical view. Uh, no one is a moral better. As scripture says everyone has sinned. And you see Jesus in the gospel when they ask him about there's several instances where he's asked about sin and one of his responses is about that it doesn't matter if it's an outward one that everyone can see or an inward one that they're all equally abhorrent. And they should not be justified or glorified or encouraged. Which is counter to a lot of the messaging that we see in quote-unquote Christianity today. You see that a lot in what is commonly referred to as the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, or this idea is uh, I heard a podcast from Ali Beth Stuckley recently about messy Christianity, the idea that we should glorify our shortcomings. I don't agree with that. I mean, there's a context. We should not glorify shortcomings that are sinful. We should glorify God 
shortcoming is that we need God, and we should glorify that need. That's what we'll call it to glorify, is the fact that we need God. It's crazy. It really is. So the next time you hear political, as, as a believer, and you hear a political figure using scripture or claiming faith as context for their answer, be Berean. Check the fullness of scripture against their claims. Now, don't assume that they're being intentional, and sometimes they are, but that's not necessarily for us to judge. That's something that we have to find out through further interaction. But check them, and if they're incorrect, call them on it. Don't be shy about it. That's not saying to tell them the wrong even though they are, it's to say you're not being completely accurate and as someone who is speaking and is in a position of authority, you are misleading others and God holds to account for that. So you want to make sure if you're saying something authoritatively from a view of Christianity or Scripture, that it's full, honest, and correct. That's all I got. Again, speaking of conversations, if you have other topics or whatever that you'd like me to put my opinion about, and we will see you next time.